Hey, um, so this week um, I interview uh, my friend Madison Cohen, who is um, organizing a union at MICA here in Baltimore. Um, and you can find links to everything in the show notes. Um, if you have trouble finding anything for whatever reason, uh, we repost a ton of their stuff on the Bolsheviks Instagram. Um, so you can always go to our social media stuff to find their social media stuff. But, um, yeah, as always, like you can find us on social media. You can find the Micah staff stuff on social media. We have a Patreon. Um, there's tons of way that you can help out the Micah staff union. So if you can, please do that. Um, but yeah, here is the interview. Uh, Andrew, if you will, please. Oh, no. No one should ever fuck with farmers. I read this crazy article about how AI is like learning how to be racist. It's rock and roll, bitch. It's pretty absurd thinking about it now. All right, we're done. I'm ending it. I'm ending it. We're done. We're done. Complete nonsense. nonsense. All right, so I'm joined now with Madison Cohen from, I guess, or you're an organizer, right, for the MICA Staff Union? Yeah, I'm on the Staff Organizing Committee. Hell yeah. Well, thank you for being here, first Thanks of all. Thanks for having me. Uh, of course, of course. Um, so first off, for people who don't know, like, what is MICA? Oh, so MICA stands for the Maryland Institute College of Art. It is an art and design specific college um, that uh, has been around for almost 200 years and is also the place where I went to school and got my master's. Did you do undergrad too there? Yeah, I was an undergrad fiber major, master's in art education. What's like the rate of people who like end up being employed by the school who are alumni in some capacity? Uh, there's probably a metric somewhere. I don't know it, but it's a fucking lot. <laughs> yeah, really? Okay. So it's people who are like in the general community, right? Yeah, it's a, it's definitely not exclusively Micah alum, but it's a really high percentage of Micah alum. Um, so that's especially cool. Yeah. Um, when they're well, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> so the re so you guys are like uh, trying to form a union, mm -hmm. you know, and but I think that like one of the craziest things to sort of like jump to, you know, mm -hmm. just. How much does MICA cost? Do you know off the top of your head? Yes, I do, because I neglected to say I work in undergraduate admissions. Mm -hmm. uh, so I am the person for me answering questions about the school. Kids should make their own decision right now. If you were to receive no financial aid and you were to pay um, all tuition fees, room and board, all of that, um, you're looking at around $70,000 per year. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that would be, I like to give the caveat for anybody listening, like there are scholarships and financial aid. 93% of students are receiving some level of it. Yeah. However, the school has, uh, we had a tuition increase announced like a couple days ago. Um, and this is also significant. This is um, tens of thousands of dollars more than it was when I was there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It it increases, um, I guess, again, I don't want to get like totally fact-checked. Most years, there has yeah. been some kind of tuition Yeah, no, you'll, you'll be fine. I don't think yeah. you're going to get like libeled by the school or anything. <laughs> Who you'll fucking knows? Especially since we're trying to like do stuff. I'm trying to keep it all on the level. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not going to not gonna ask you anything too inflammatory or crazy. <laughs> oh, I'm, I will probably go there on my own. No, I, I, please, please do. <laughs> um, so... 
So how big is the campus? Like how many people go to MICA? It's about 1,800 undergrads in total. So it's 1,800 people giving around 70 grand a year? The I think the average, and again, this is a fact-checky thing, I think the average tuition discount is around 30%. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still tens of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. per student yeah. per year. Cool. Mm-hmm. And so how many people do they employ? Ballpark. <sighs> Ballpark is for staff i think it's in the like 350 ish range um and then i'm not sure on faculty because they're full-time and part-time full-time faculty are also uh unionizing Mm -hmm. but they have to be part of a separate bargaining unit and part-time faculty have actually been organized so they already have a union. okay so there is a union for for part-time faculty yes um so do you make a living wage working there full time? I I do. Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, I guess kind of two things. One is the experience at Micah is ex- extremely varied. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I make I don't think enough money for the work that I do, but I do make a living wage. Who the fuck does make enough money? I mean, that's all? absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like my job involves me like traveling on behalf of the school for three solid months and like this weekend i will so i've worked a five-day week Mm -hmm. um i also worked an additional two and a half hours last night for an event Mm -hmm. and uh, on saturday i will work an eight and a half to nine hour event that extra time that i'm spending i will get for all of that so if you're keeping track uh that's eight and a half or nine hours plus uh two and a half or three hours so we're looking at a substantial amount of time for that, I will get four hours back. How the fuck does that work? It doesn't. Um, that means that all <laughs> of the extra time that I'm spending is essentially unpaid labor. Okay. Um, so there's shit like that um, that Micah does all the time and they've mm-hmm. done for the entire time that I work there. Um, but on top of that, for wage stuff, um, they did a compensation study, which is pretty common mm-hmm. for various like businesses and schools where they just basically look at is everybody being paid the market rate for things? And okay. it took them a very long time. They really drug their feet on it. We did that in late 2018, early 2019, had to fill out this whole fucking questionnaire. Um, and then they didn't give us the results until, I guess now we're looking at almost a year ago. Um, no, about a half year, uh, where it was revealed that many many people are actually making well below the market rate so if they did their same job at a different school they would be making in some cases tens of thousands of dollars more jesus christ um and also even small amounts one of my friends um is not paid a living wage she's the Mm -hmm. person that really holds my entire job together if she were to leave we would be completely fucked and unable (laughs) to do anything yeah um and her compensation study came back and um it's something like she's being underpaid by only like a dollar or two per hour and so for her that amount of money is actually going to make a huge difference in her Mm -hmm. life yeah um so when they released the study she was like okay cool it's only a couple bucks like we'll do it like like it's gonna come through right yeah yeah and they let us know that for the compensation study they do plan to implement it and they're going to have everybody up to the pay that they should be Probably by 2024. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, those those things are always, we'll get the emission standards reached at 2035. It's, you know? So they have this, and also there is nothing, absolutely nothing that keeps them to their word on that. So we can easily get to 2024 and they can say, oopsie, 
we now don't have enough money. We don't feel like doing it. We don't think like they can just kick the can down the mm-hmm. road. Um, so like there's nothing they can say whatever they want, but it doesn't actually result in even if even if they give us detailed plans, there's mm-hmm. literally nothing that stops them from just deciding that they don't want to. Okay. I mean, that is that like common with like college like institutions or like like art colleges specifically you know is that like a because art college is yeah. fucking expensive it sure is and i don't know why <laughs> like I, I never really it's, understood why well they're private colleges and as a private college there are a lot of it's just a business so mm-hmm. they can yeah. charge whatever they want and because it's a niche industry mm-hmm. You can basically say, like, look, you want to learn how to do this complicated, specific thing that you really need to network in order to get a job for? Yeah. Well, you have to pay us this amount of money. (laughs) it'll be $200,000, please. That's sort of, like, the thing that it's going to be. Um, So, actually, SAIC recently, which is the School of the Art Institute Chicago, which Mm -hmm. is um, a really fantastic, well-respected art and design college in Chicago, Mm -hmm. Um, they just won their union. Okay. and I'm trying to think who else. Many, many museums and art colleges right now are yeah. also organizing because we have this huge disparity where the people that work there frequently work there out of out of love, out of caring for the arts, yeah. out of wanting to help people connect with their creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're drawn towards these jobs as opposed to maybe doing similar work in a place that is uh less centered in the arts and creativity Mm -hmm. um and because of that uh it's sort of exploited that like oh you like kids you like art well you can be underpaid then Uh, yeah no i i'm very well aware of that i worked at Mm -hmm. the bso at the at the symphony oh yeah five years Mm mm-hmm and it really is just they take advantage of anyone who says, oh, you like art. Yeah. You like this. Okay, cool. We're going to pay you dog shit, but you're going to be around all this cool stuff, you know? Yeah. Like being able to hear the symphony rehearse for free doesn't really like pay my rent, but it is cool. Yeah. You know? Like I, I mean, I, I have my master's in art education. I mm-hmm. deeply fucking care about kids being able to have access to art and learn about it. That's really yeah. important to me. And I also think that it's fucking unethical to charge people this amount of money for it. Honestly, I, as just a human being, don't think that college should cost money at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, which makes it a little stupid that I'm doing my current job. But uh, we're, we're working <laughs> on it. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, we're not, um, many people are not being paid a living wage um, or being paid, again, for the work that they're doing. Mm-hmm an unreasonable amount like people that are um librarians with multiple degrees who would be making tens of thousands of dollars more if they just worked in a different library yeah by working at mica they get paid less yeah um so all of that is stupid but also on on top of pay inequity there are a bunch of workplace issues that just like don't get resolved. So it is also for workplace conditions. Okay. So you guys are really just trying to organize for like protection and also for pay and like, uh, do you guys get benefits like as full-time employees? Full-time employees do. Um, there's like a retirement plan, although during COVID they stopped contributing to the retirement plan. Fucking why? Because it costs money. Like that's the whole thing with not, if you don't have a union, 
so Maryland is an at-will employment state, mm-hmm. um, but also I think all states are, which basically means everything about your job is completely contingent on your boss being sweet and <laughs> feeling generous. And even if your boss is the sweetest, most generous, most caring person who loves you to death, if they decide that something about your job is too expensive, they can just stop doing it. They don't have to warn you. They don't have to ask you. They can also just fucking fire you at any point. So there is a lot of like, I think a lot of people assume that filing like a a wrongful termination lawsuit will fix things, but actually only 1% of those ever go to trial. (laughs) Um, and that includes times where you're like, I'm positive that I lost this job because I'm a person of color, because I'm a woman or because I'm trans or because I'm queer. Um, even in those pretty clear cut cases, it's a very, very small number. Um, and actually, the only way that you uh, that your boss has to like give you fair warning and have just cause and all of those things, the only way that you can hold them to that is by being in a union. Mm-hmm. Um so there are like during COVID, people got laid off and furloughed. Yeah. Um, yeah. How bad was that? How bad was the decline in employment at MICA when pandemic hit? Well, it varied person to person and area to area. Um, it also, which is the thing that happens a lot at MICA, it seemed to also depend on how how kind your boss is and how good they were at advocating for you. Mm-hmm. So for my job. We did not have, we didn't have layoffs. We did experience some amount of furlough, um, but other jobs. So like I got furloughed for a total of two weeks, Okay. Um, but other people, friends that I have got furloughed for a month or two months or the entire summer. Um, and some people did get laid off and some people did get forced into early retirement. Um, and all of those things were just told. You know, they're yeah. like, okay, yeah, yeah. so you're going to take two weeks of furlough. Mm-hmm. That's it. We can't, which the only people who didn't suffer pay cuts or furloughs or layoffs were part-time faculty because they're organized. Yeah. So <laughs> they were fine and everybody else not having a union got totally screwed over. Um, and so that was a pretty shitty time. And also, you know, like not contributing to the retirement accounts, not doing. Which is fucking insane. Like, oh, that's yeah, so it's fucked. I mean, there were people who were hired during the pandemic who were told one of your benefits is that you have a retirement account that the school will make a contribution to. Yeah. And then they showed up and immediately <laughs> had that contribution revoked. Psych. Which literally did the pull the hand we, away. <laughs> exactly that. Um, And they like, we actually asked if like, are people that are being hired right now while you're not contributing, do they know about that? And we were told that they did, that they were. That if you were getting hired during the time that they weren't contributing, that they were giving people a heads up about that. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to leave that there. They were told. Okay. We were told that they were told, but that's all a behind closed door kind of thing. So who's to say? No. Um, I mean, I wouldn't really trust anyone up there is doing like the ethical or the, you know, or the right thing. I certainly don't because, (laughs) um, well, I'm probably getting ahead of myself and talking a lot. But <laughs> no, you're completely fine. That's why you're here. Um, so when did the um, the unionization efforts start for full-time faculty? For full-time faculty, they are a few months ahead of us. Um, so I'm not sure exactly when 
they got started probably two months before us and staff have been working on this for a little under a year. Okay. So this was like something that was brought about during the pandemic. Yeah. Sort of like tail end. Mm-hmm. Um, we were definitely like still working from home doing yeah. it. Um, so yeah, furloughs and layoffs really spurred it. Um, especially because like I faculty are really great. I love and respect them. Mm-hmm. Basically the way that the school thinks about it is, and this is very gross. Um, the kids are the consumer and the thing that they're consuming are the faculty. The faculty are the product and yeah. that staff are just the like cogs that make that shit happen. So we are the most disposable. Um, so we are the first to have our shit pulled. Um, we are more likely to be furloughed or laid off. We're more likely to have additional work piled on. Um, there's just a lot of stuff that, again, like fac- faculty are also treated very fucking poorly. So I don't want to undercut that yeah, for them. I've heard horror stories of of faculty it's, at Micah. It's none of it is good. Yeah. Um, but it's a different. The interactions are different. The administration is a little bit more ginger with them because mm-hmm. it is. If you're a kid and you're paying money and your favorite teacher gets fired or is super pissed that's a direct thing that you're going to feel whereas Mm -hmm. the person that is making sure that the elevator works for you is a person that you really need but that you as an 18 year old are not going to think about in all likelihood yeah there's not a lot of like class consciousness with like 18 to 22 year olds who are just trying to have sex and party and yeah, just in general. I mean, you know? I will. I do want to give a plug for our students who have been really awesome. Yeah, I was going to ask about that, like, like the student reaction to the unionization efforts for oh, sure. Oh, kids are very, very, very supportive. We have huge numbers of students that have come out to rallies. We have students that are posting on social media. Actually, right after the um, tuition increase was sent out, a big thing that students were talking about is like, you can't pay faculty and staff equitably, but you're asking me to pay more. Like, what am I paying for? Exactly. Which, what, what are they paying for, you know? I mean, well, they're paying for the law firm Morgan Lewis. Oh, who's um, Morgan Lewis? Oh, this is a fun... Andrew, can you put in some, like, villain, like, the, <laughs> the, the, the thunder crashing oh, right now, please? put in 30 thunder crashes. Yes, because, you, you heard her, please. Um, <laughs> Morgan Lewis is a notorious uh, union-busting law firm. Also, they've been representing Trump. Um, love that for us. Um, but yeah, they're, they're actually... They're Amazon also, right? Yes. Um, in fact, they're the ones who busted the Bessemer Amazon union, which I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. Bessemer is very close to where I grew up. Mm-hmm. So I feel a special kind of rage <laughs> about that. Um, it's but personal yeah, this time. <laughs> it, it sure is. There needs to be another like thunder crash there. Um, but yeah, they are a union busting law firm. They're, uh, they work with Trump and Amazon. So, you know, they ain't cheap. Yeah, right. Um, And um, basically, I mean, I feel really bad for the kids because they are, for the most part, really cool and thoughtful people, Mm -hmm. especially for being really young. Yeah. And um, the school sells itself. When I market the school, I talk about how progressive and thoughtful um, and collaborative and community oriented the school is. and, and in fact, we added a major, Micah has added a major called Ecosystems, Sustainability, and Justice. 
which is a social justice focused major. Okay. But they've hired Morgan Lewis. Yeah. Um, which also what's incredibly stupid here is that um we did try before unionizing. I also co-chair the Staff Empowerment Council, which is mm-hmm. an internal staff advocacy group. Um so I've worked on that for almost two years, but they've been doing awesome work before I ever even joined. Yeah. Um, and many, 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 many times that group has come to the administration and said, look, here are the things that we need. This is what we're missing. This is what people are upset about. This is what we need. And each time they said, ooh, yikes, we'll get to it later. We don't have the money. We don't have the time. We don't have the bandwidth. We can't do it. Mm-hmm. And then when we finally fucking said, okay, fine, we'll do it ourselves. Then they were like, okay, cool. All of the money that we could have used to just get you the stuff that you fucking needed, we're going to pour into this villainous law firm, which like, to get a little bit or very sad, like they fucking hate us because when we asked to do it the quote unquote right way, they said no. And now- they're paying huge amounts of money, spending huge amounts of time, um, and they're certainly not saving face. Like they're supposed to be marketing themselves as a socially progressive college, and so they're spending all of this money and time, it, at least to my perspective, just to fuck us over. Yeah, I don't understand how you can attempt to market yourself as progressive and as this quasi left inclusive like anything like what people would think of when they think of like a, a liberal arts college or like yeah. like like an art school in general that has like a, a liberal you know uh, yeah. tilt to it and then hire the law firm that fucking you know is union busting for amazon and is also defending donald trump yeah like i don't <laughs> i don't understand those optics i don't understand how they're tr- like what they're trying to do like who they're you know what i mean like i, I don't see it's, how this is going to ever come out in their favor I mean, my knockwood, like genuinely knockwood, I don't think it will. Like, I think the the people from doing all of this and in the past couple of years, my Micah as an institution, like the administration mm-hmm. and all of that, I I think is wrong on a number of levels. Like a hundred percent not cool with it. The humans that make up that community. I think are really special and important, meaningful, good uh, people that I don't think want to support this. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, like, we're not going to be able to do this any other way. Uh, We can't, again, like, no matter how sweet or lovey or smiley or whatever the administration are, if we don't have a contract with them, they're not bound to anything. Yeah, they can't be held accountable for anything if if they're just saying trust us, guys. No, nah, it's cool. It's I do have I have a funny, very quick story about them hiring Morgan Lewis, which is mm-hmm. that we now do these weird virtual town halls that aren't town halls because they just disseminate information and questions can get asked, but maybe they'll get skipped. It's a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so I was facilitating one of these town hall sessions and um basically facilitating just means people like dm you questions yeah yeah and somebody dm'd a question about like hey micah why did you hire morgan lewis a notoriously villainous 
union busting law firm. And uh, Tiffany Holmes, who is, I can't remember her title. She's one of the big uh, high up administration people. Mm -hmm. Her response was, we've actually been employing them for our legal needs for years, which is the same thing as somebody coming up to you at a party and say, hey, bud, I think you shit your pants. And you whipping around and saying, <laughs> I've been shitting them for hours. Like, it's not better. No, yeah, It's that's, not better because you've been doing it that's longer. Good. <laughs> no, that's that's fucking insane. It's the stupidest thing on the planet. Now, it, it seems like there obviously is a divide in, like, a lot of, like, art institutions between, like, the actual, like, staff mm-hmm. and then the um, the managerial class that, mm-hmm. that sort of runs everything, right? So, like, when I was with the BSO, it was very apparent that it was run by, you know, for lack of a better term old people mm-hmm. for old people they didn't listen to any of the young people and that's why that place was going to hell right mm-hmm. and i love the bso but like the management fucking sucks because they can't get with the times yeah do you think that's kind of similar at micah where they're just like it's not even that they're not listening to young people it's like they're not like in the same fucking decade like this isn't the 60s this isn't the 70s like come the fuck on like living wages like we need to like progress past like what the fuck you mean you need more than $40,000 a year? What are you trying to do? Buy a yacht? Like, you know what I mean? I, I think what's actually happened. So the current administration is not super mega old. Um, the super mega old people have all at this point turned over in like the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. And basically the disconnect is the people who work at MICA. And that's all the way up to, I would say, like my boss mm-hmm. is a wonderful, supportive amazing person who wants good things for uh for the people that work at the school like yeah, yeah, totally. he's not trying to hold us back and a lot of people that are stuck in this like middle management thing are are really good about supporting the people that work underneath them and kind of just being fucking stuck um but the highest up group there's basically this big divide I'm not sure at exactly what level it happens because I'm sure it's a little different person to person, Mm -hmm. but probably at the director or associate vice president level and maybe even like above above that for short. But maybe even some of those people I know are still kind and loving and supportive and and want us to have reasonable things. Yeah. Um, But it seems that that lower down boots on the ground us staff group are like, well, this is a school. (laughs) Yeah, right. Like, this is a fucking school and we care about each other and we care about the students and we care about kids learning about art. This isn't a business. Yeah. The people who have come in who are at the very top are like, what the fuck do you mean this isn't a business? And that is the big disconnect is us being like, it's a it's a school. Like yeah, we right. just need the amount of money to pay everybody reasonably and keep the lights on. Like that's the only thing that we need because mm-hmm. it's a school. <laughs> um and they are the administration seem to be holding to the board and make a lot of choices that are not about just sustaining but are about growth. And there's really no reason for that growth to exist other than to make money yeah exactly um and so that's where there's also like horrible weird tension because when we ask for things that we're like yeah it's a school this is a reasonable thing to have they're like no we're trying to make money what are you doing it's going to be expensive yeah 
that seems to kind of be indicative of a lot of like art institutions where you get to a certain level in the administration and it's just people who are like business manager type instead of like art you know managerial type so they're just like i'm here for the numbers i'm not here for the art like you want me to maximize your profit i can do that but like you you gotta cut back on the chalk i mean some of them are also like to use an old turner phrase like turncoats so (laughs) like um tiffany holmes the i've been shitting my pants for hours she did not say that don't at me um (laughs) but the we've we've been employing them is a mica graduate Mm -hmm. i don't know who hurt her but Mm. like i mean i'm i'm being very sassy and these are all just madison they're not the mica union um but yeah like she technically should be an artist. She technically should understand these things, yeah. but clearly doesn't. I mean, yeah, I think that might also be like a class consciousness just like is oh, not in there. Certainly. You know what I mean? It's, it's it's just a it's just a bunch of rich people doing the like mm-hmm. it's a banana, Michael. How much could it cost? Thirty dollars? No, exactly. Well, there's also <laughs> always money in the banana stand being Micah that they're just trying to ring dry. Yeah. Yeah, so that that kind of seems like a big part of it is just like the rich people up at the top, right? And that, yeah. that's how it always is with these things, and that's why people need to unionize. That's why the working class needs to unionize any chance you can, just because yes. like they're they they don't care about you. And the farther down you are, the more you're kind of like kept in the back. Like they don't care. I mean, and my perspective is it also shouldn't matter if they care. Like, it, it shouldn't matter if you are a nice person or a shitty person, if you want good things for me or not. All groups of people, all groups of, I would say even two fucking people, people are flawed. And so we're going to have disagreements. We're going to accidentally and intentionally screw each other over. We're going to miss shit. We're going to fuck shit up. Like, problems just arise when humans are around. Yeah. And so we need reasonable, equitable ways of mm-hmm. dealing with those issues when they come up as opposed to just purely trusting if you're in a friendship or a romantic relationship you're just being a human you still even then need to be able to like have a reasonable conversation when yeah, somebody's right. being horrible but when it's your job just leaving it up to well greg's super sweet i'm sure he'd never do anything to be mean to me that like if greg feels like his back is up against the wall he might decide that he needs to cut you even though he loves you. Yeah. And so it shouldn't be up to do we love and care about each other? It should be when a problem arises, we have a pathway to talk about this on even footing. Yeah. Because right now we just shout into the, well, actually SEC gets to have once a month, two hour long sessions directly talking with the president and select members of the president's council um and we go and tell them shit every single time and they do a lot of like i'm really sorry about that that's really hard um or they bait you into an individual emotional conversation and then talk about like well i'm really sorry that you're sad which like it doesn't fucking Mm. matter that i'm sad yeah my individual sadness is not what's important. <laughs> no, 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 it's no. It's no. that the no, no, structure no. is broken. Yeah, it's just completely uneven, and there needs to be equity. There needs yes. to be some sort of like even footing for all of us to coexist here on. Because yeah. without the workers, like you guys, wouldn't have Micah. You know, without yeah. the staff, it wouldn't fucking work. Yeah, 
the right. number of times that the elevator has broken <laughs> oh, and I'm that sure. staff have needed to go and fix it like that's happened like twice this week <laughs> like <laughs> yeah so like pay those people or else you're not gonna have a fucking elevator i don't understand why like the union busting like trend is so popular with like certain like types of like institutions mm. or like like places of work because like if one like sector doesn't show up it just completely crumbles yeah like if the entire like cafeteria staff just didn't show up what the, like you would be completely fucked if the parking attendants just stop showing up if the janitorial like if the custodians don't show up you're fucked like it's the thing that they're kind of and i'm going to get a little bit light well i won't say it's tinfoil hattie Oh, no, the, you can get a simple head. The thing say. that we see is that, yes, if everybody didn't show up on one day, they would be fucked. But what happens is, like, there's the turnover is massive. Last semester, we had 60 open positions. Jesus Christ. Like, a lot of people are leaving. Mm -hmm. um, and what they're kind of banking on is, okay. If everybody didn't show up on one day, yes, we would be fucked. But if a handful of people kind of dribble away, you still have a handful of people trying to keep it running. So those people, which is happening in a number of areas, a bunch of people are massively fucking overworked because yep. a bunch of people have left. They're dragging their feet on rehiring. Mm -hmm. But then the magic of rehiring is that, which also like we don't get raises, we don't get promotions, we sporadically get cost of living increases. Yeah, I was going to ask that, like, the overtime situation, the, like, any type of, like, raises, even, like, cost of living adjustments, like, any of that kind of bullshit, where it's, like... All of that, so cost of living is basically, if they feel like we're making enough money in a year, they might give it to us, but, like, we haven't had it in two or three years. Mm -hmm. Um, And then raises and promotions end up being, like, there's no, there's no document that you read to be, like, these are the things that you need to do. And it's yeah. also not based on time. Mm -hmm. So if you were there for 10 fucking years, unless you're getting cost of living increases or some kind of promotion, you're not making more money, even though you've been there for a really long time. Yeah. Um. So like, I can't remember where I was going with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting tinfoil hattie. Oh, yes. Yeah. So what happens though is that there is some amount of some amount of cost of living increases. Sometimes somebody does get a little bit of a promotion. It's mm -hmm. also like, again, it depends on your department. So some people yeah. have gotten tons of raises and promotions. Some people have never gotten any. Um, it's There's no rhyme or reason to it. Um, but the beauty for them is that when somebody leaves, they can find a new 24-year-old that needs a, a stable job and health insurance. Mm -hmm. And they can say, which is a thing that like I've, watched happen where um let's say somebody leaves and they were making fifty thousand dollars a year a new person who's never had a salaried position before can come on and they can say this position pays forty six thousand dollars a year mm -hmm. and that inexperienced new person who's going to be amazing and going to add value to the school is going to say oh thank god i need to have health insurance yep. Yep. i need a steady job 46 sounds great um and so then you also end up with entire areas entire departments where people are doing the exact same work and depending on when they got hired who hired them how much they knew to try to negotiate how successful their negotiations were 
you sometimes have people making vastly different amounts of money doing the exact same labor. Yeah. Um, so for them, turnover is, well, sure, we got 60 open positions and that's hard and that looks bad, but that time is still getting, that work is still getting covered by the people who remain. And we're not paying for those extra 60 people, so that's kind of nice. And luckily, we might be able to hire on somebody who is new and excited and also needs a fucking job and we can hire them at the lowest base starting rate that we could reasonably offer um and so then that turnover actually can be this like i think it's also there are plenty of studies that turnover is extremely expensive that like in the long run mm -hmm. I think that they are losing money on it. Okay. But in the short term, it feels like, well, look, we're not paying for all these people. We're not doing whatever. Um, so like the, the point that I'm trying to get to is retaining people would be a better idea. Yeah. You lose institutional knowledge when you lose people. Exactly. Um, you have to train new people. New people are going to be, no matter how amazing, they're not going to be immediately right out the door effective because they need training and time to adapt yeah um and so like sure you got to hire them on at two thousand dollars less or whatever um but also maybe they're not going to be like totally up and running to the level that you need for like a year yeah so it, it i yeah no that's <laughs> It's fucking gross. It's also gross that like those predatory hiring practices have seemingly become so prevalent during the pandemic because oh, everyone yeah. is so desperate. Yeah. Like even if it's like not even just to find employment, just like to find benefits or something. Yeah. You know, cause I'm even sitting here being like, damn 46, like for a full time, that sounds pretty fucking good. <laughs> you know, but, right? like, but then, but yeah, there are people, um, like in my department, um the when they were doing furloughs the furloughs were if you make 50,000 well, there were like ranges so like people that made like 50 to 60 i think like you furlough for 2 weeks then people that make mm -hmm. 60 to 80 or something would furlough for more um so it did kind of progressively get more although i think it capped at like $100,000 however um in 2019 Sammy Hoy the president of MICA mm -hmm. made, I think, $600,000. Jesus fucking Christ. So, which is also um, not to his credit, but um, that is kind of standard for private colleges. Like, that's not way out of line, mm -hmm. which is wild. Um, but anyway, during the pandemic, we all from my department were like, okay, cool. I got to take my two weeks of furlough. You got to take your two weeks of furlough. And one of my friends, um, I realized wasn't furloughing. She didn't put anything on her calendar. She wasn't mm -hmm. asking about it. And we had started doing some amount of salary sharing before. Yeah, um, yeah. So I was like, hey, you don't have to furlough? She was like, yeah, no, I, I don't hit the cap. I was like, Jesus well, fucking Christ. Everybody else in our office does. She's the only one. It's fucking gross when you work somewhere where they encourage you not to discuss your finances with like your coworkers. Oh, we're so they say that it's like they use a lot of language, but you are absolutely it is your information. You can absolutely share that with other people, and you should. Yeah, that's that's all like legalese and like intimidation tactics to be like. Oh yeah, 
Because That's also like an old school thing too. Where it's like, you don't talk about your money here. It's like, no, I will tell everyone how much I made this paycheck. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't give a fuck. Like, I will ask you how much you made. Like, I mean, it's it's important to know. Yeah. And then like once she knew, she's gone to our HR department is, is now people belonging and culture. They're not an HR department. What? Yeah, it's nothing. Um, <laughs> so like- that but she went to them she's actually gone to them several times and been like hey so i'm the only person in my department that is making below this threshold what's up with that and they've done the same like oh that's part of that whole thing that we're Ooh. fixing but later oh god yeah. um are you sure are you sure you're not making ah uh, let me check Oopsie. i mean it's yeah. and we've like it's Again, with a union, these things could be standardized and clarified. Mm -hmm. um, we could have paths to promotion. We could have standardized raises. We could also, like, for people that like everything about their job, because there are some people that work at MICA that are super happy, that are paid really well, that work with other people that they really love, that have not ever run into any problems. Yeah. Even for them, because everything is contingent on the goodness of our employer those things that they like about their job with a union we can lock them in yeah because if let's say their boss is the person who's making all of that goodness happen their boss gets another job and leaves it's nothing that stops the next person who gets mm -hmm. hired from screwing them over yep. doing something shitty or ruining all of those things exactly. that they were really enjoying so it's whether whether you're hanging on by a thread or you love what you have either way having the union will will allow us to like stabilize everything for sure so we're i have three things i wanted to bring up before we bring Please. it to a close because mm -hmm. it they're wrestling to watch <laughs> um so the first question i had mm -hmm. um which was kind of answered but just like a little mm -hmm. quick clarification like what are the union busting tactics that are being employed by micah and the law firm to dissuade you guys from forming your union Ooh, i'm so glad that you asked um so there are um a big one that morgan lewis uses is delay like honestly i i fucking classic wish trump tactic also is kicking it back and kicking it back and kicking it back that is a oh i i wish that we could go full west virginia 1921 on this shit because i would genuinely rather just get into a fist fight than have to deal with all of this you just like want you want the, the the united states army to come and carpet bomb micah like the fucking like <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> I just like, it's so frustrating that I'm like, I would rather just like me and the president just like, Oh, two men enter one man leave. Yeah. Like, why can't we just Thunderdome this? Or like, <laughs> if we just like first to like MMA rules, just like first to a knockout and no. then like whoever wins gets what they want. <laughs> I'm not going to beat anybody up. Don't <laughs> be whatever you're going to be. Um, so, uh, yeah. So they, um, so they're delaying. So they're delaying. In fact, they when we sent our petition to the NLRB, the school is required to post um, in a public place. They have to both physically post and send out an email that mm -hmm. we've filed for our union with the NLRB. When they did that, the email that they sent was incorrect. It described our bargaining unit as only for full-time staff, which is not true. We're full-time and part-time staff. Okay. And the ones that they physically posted left the description of our bargaining unit blank. So they just essentially said, a union has been, uh, a petition for a union has been filed by 
So then people that don't know about the union don't know there is a union for me. Um, they've also been doing these. Well, they have divided staff into professional and non-professional categories, which is functionally meaningless. What the f- yeah. What the fuck does that mean? So that means um, if your job description requires a college degree. This is horseshit. Are, this is yes. complete horseshit. So it, it actually, it also, it means nothing like, I'm technically in the professional category. However, it doesn't mean anything about my job. Basically, what it will do is that on my ballot, it will say, as a professional staff member, do you vote to be included with the rest of the staff or do you want to be in a union with just professional staff? So what you basically do Uh. is if you vote, yes, I want to be with just the professional staff, because that's nothing, you disenfranchise yourself. Your vote does not count towards the group, and you you knock yourself out. Yeah, it's literally. Hey, do you want to like you know do you, do you want to do a union, but like not all them? You know right. I mean? It like, does that, and it's designed to confuse people. Oh yeah, well, it's it's designed um, to like divide everyone. It's it's the scene in what uh, uh, Vertical Horizon or whatever where yeah. you, you cut off the 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 guy at the bottom of the dangly chain, you know, so it's, the rest can get sucked up like that. No, Robbie, you mean vertical limit. It's exactly, it yeah, it's <laughs> like, so, um, so that's happening. Um, they also tried to, um, so for our bargaining unit, and sorry if this is getting jargony. Um, oh, no, 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 please. For our bargaining unit, um, when we were forming it, we were not able to, I mean, we decided not to include uh, staff who manage other staff. Um, and the reason for that is that the argument could be made, if you're my boss, they could mm-hmm. say, well, Madison's only in the unit because she got pressured by her boss, you know, that you could have pulled. They can make the argument so that like, fucking dumb. so we were unfortunately unable to include those people, which sucks. However, we included people who manage only student workers because student workers are not eligible to be in the union. Mm-hmm. So there's no conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. However, when they looked at our initial list, they tried to cut 30 staff members who only manage student workers um, out of the unit, saying that they're, nope, they can't be in their supervisors, which Mm. is inaccurate. Yeah. Um, We were able to win back some, but not all of those people. And the rhyme and reason for who they gave us back and who they are still keeping out of the union is completely opaque. Um, but essentially, so what they're doing with that is that they're trying to bait us into, oh, well, you could legally fight us to get everybody included. Don't you want to do that? Which on the surface, that sounds really good, except that will leave us in a legal battle that could run months or possibly years. So it could destroy our campaign by just having us, they're trying to wait us out by baiting us into that. So we decided like, okay. We love everybody. We want everybody in, but we got to get this union. So like, if you got cut, Micah fucked us. Yeah. Like, that's not, we want you. <laughs> Micah doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, And if you're listening and you are one of those people, which we will also be contacting individually, you can still request a ballot. Mm-hmm. It will be contested. It won't be counted. Um, But we can see about trying to move that in on the back end. Yeah. Um. So you can still request a ballot. You should still request a ballot. Definitely. Um, 
let's see, what else have they done? Oh, they said that we asked for them for us to be divided into professional and non-professional, which is not true. Seems like horseshit. Yeah, it's a hundred percent. It was them, not us. Um, they've been doing these uh behind closed doors manager or supervisor meetings that are I don't know if you've seen that Amazon the training the anti union training video that was on like John Oliver and stuff. I worked for FedEx right out of college yeah. and I trained for three days and two days were anti union training. So I'm very well aware of it's that of, yeah literal exact thing. Um which a hundred percent not naming names, but I've talked to a lot of supportive people who mm-hmm. have been in those meetings and told me about them. Um in open meetings, Micah will say that they support everybody's choice about whether or not they'd like to be in a union. But However, we hired this law firm. <laughs> also, behind closed doors, they said verbatim, our vision is for a union-free Micah, which also, there's, That's there's so already gross. a union. They already have part-time faculty, oh, already God. have a union. They have for multiple years. Yeah. So this vision of a union-free Micah is already not true. Never been true. That makes my skin crawl. That- it's very gross. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but yeah, so they're saying that behind closed doors, um, our voting windows, we tried to petition to get uh, mail-in ballots because of fucking COVID. Yep. Um, they fought us on that. We're going to have to do it in person and our voting windows will be over two days and I think a cumulative six hours spread out over two days. One of them will be like 7 a.m. to 11. These are all guesstimates right now. Yeah, yeah. Um. And uh, another one will be in the evening, but really short and idiosyncratic voting times with the hope that people will just literally accidentally mm-hmm. miss it. During a work day, I would imagine also. Right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so like middle of the week. Yeah. Um, we don't know location yet, but they also may try to um, do them at different locations on different days to just try to get people turned around. Um, Classic union busting. Things oh. that we have seen from Amazon and other places where it's. Or the, voting voting stuff in the South specifically, where it's like, no, y'all can vote between nine and ten, and it's twenty five miles away. And you have to and walk. No there, buses can get out there. Yeah, and, it's full of sharks when you get there. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, the final thing that they have said, which is I think the most transparent lie, but also really fucking annoying, is about how the union is a third party. The fuck uh, does that? What? Well, so they are saying, and the argument that they are trying to make is that, because we, I neglected to say before, we are working with SEIU Local 500, mm-hmm. um, which is also the union that part-time faculty are already organized under okay. and full-time faculty are organizing with, Okay, um, which is great, like, because yeah. we can all, we can't be in the same bargaining unit, but being all in the same union does. Um, it looks good, at least. I like mean, it, it also, like, binds us together. Yeah. Um, so when they say the union is a third party, they're trying to get people that because nobody knows shit about unions. I didn't know shit about unions until I started doing this. Like is the case with most people who get involved with unions, honestly. You know what yeah, I mean? like I mean, in America, nobody tells you about any of this shit. No, our uh, our history of labor is completely. No, just, it's it doesn't nothing. exist. Yeah. Um. So, uh, what they're trying to say is basically that like SEIU Local 500 from no with no prompting from anybody like busted in and they were like, "We're some random guys. You should be in a union. Come on, like, like a like a stranger in a white van kind mm-hmm. of thing." Okay. Um, that's absolutely a billion percent not true. The union is us. The union is me. I could give you the list of other people who have been organizing this. Yeah. Um, the union is Micah staff. SEIU Local 500 is essentially our backing band. Like, yeah. they're there to 
help us and give us things like legal support yep. and basic guidance. Yeah, they give you the basic resources to do the work that you are forced to do by yourself by the NLRB. Yes, like we, but they, the union is not a third party. The union is us. Um, yeah. And any attempt to do that, to say that this is a third party is to make people think, um, well, this these are some random people coming in to try to bust up what we have. It, it it like that that claim makes no sense because it's literally like the person who's taking advantage of you saying like that person wants to take advantage of you. Oh, like that really is just like in in the fucking supervisor meetings. Um, apparently, the person hired from Morgan Lewis, which is a third fucking party, mm-hmm. came to this meeting, and as a person who does not work for Micah. As a random person from a law firm said, well, this union is a third party, which like, so then who the fuck are you? I yeah. like nobody's ever met you before. Yeah, what the fuck? Are you? Hello? Do you work here? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that is a classic. Um, in case anybody is wondering, union busting tactics are frequently delay, misinformation. The union is a third party um, inflating or being misleading about dues. Mm-hmm. Um which is also a weird thing. You guys I have mean, you guys have a really good uh, Instagram presence, I will oh, say. Thanks. And Shout out to uh, Amelia Duno and Sean Evans who yeah. uh, are crushing it over there. We're gonna have links to everything in the show oh, notes. Oh please, but yeah, 100%. yeah. Um, that, that's where I learned about that the union was even informing, and that's mm-hmm. where I follow everything. And like all these things are made in these very easy to digest slides that I hope are being used by you know potential union members to mm. understand what the fuck's going on because there's a lot of legalese there's a lot of political jargon like it is intimidating like mm. you know but like i saw the the union dues thing and it's like yeah i mean you know i'm from fucking hagerstown i know a lot of dudes who like are you know do like trucking and shit and they mm. fucking hate the teamsters because they have to pay for something that they don't see the immediate benefit from so all like the union busting people out there are like why the fuck do i pay this much money every month if like i don't get exactly what i want when i want it at all times like you know like it's just a very gross misrepresentation of what union dues are for well so there's sort of two parts to this one of them is when you pay for union dues like this this is about solidarity so when you pay union dues you are not exclusively paying like thinking about this like i am paying for a service like Mm -hmm. you are paying for a thing that is bigger than you are paying for the third party's salary I mean, you're not, it's not a third party. You are paying for the group. That's what I've seen union busters try to say is you're just giving money to the union and then people who get paid by the union are just like taking your heart. No, I mean, also I'm, I will say this very directly. (laughs) Um, This work that we have been doing is essentially an additional job that we have taken on those of us on the organizing committee. And I have not worked for a motherfucking year in order to get all of my friends and colleagues to pay Twenty dollars, which we don't know exactly what dues will be. That's part of bargaining, but they're not astronomical. Regardless, it's going to be around twenty dollars. Every dollar counts when you don't have a lot of money, obviously. But But I'm not going to get people. I'm not going to work for a fucking year to get people to pay twenty extra bucks for nothing. Like the whole point of us doing this is that everybody should get pay increases right out the gate. Like that's a thing that we would really like to do, Mm -hmm. and we also want to make sure that we're locking in steady equitable pay and getting people raises and promotions so you should be paying for a thing that is already going to be that twenty dollars should be more than covered on top of that um 
we want to give people things that I think I would gladly pay a couple of bucks for. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody harasses me that I have a clear pathway to have that grievance mm -hmm. uh, reviewed. Um, if somebody, I don't know, tries to fucking fire me that they need to give me a goddamn reason. If they want to furlough me that they need to give me a goddamn reason and a heads up. Like there's also some stability that is is worth a couple of dollars and i think when you've been in the union and you're used to like well yeah of course my boss can't just fucking fire me out of nowhere you're not thinking about well yeah okay so you are paying some money but you also can't be randomly fired you get so much out of that measly, right like fucking 15 20 11 dollars you know what i mean yeah it's just like so it is some amount of money but it also keeps the whole thing right i mean it's also like it's paying for possible legal representation mm -hmm. that like that strike funds also that's all there's a lot that goes into there's so much union, there like protection um, and, and what a union actually does for you but that's a very common union busting tactic is to also sometimes they will intentionally mislead or inflate <clears throat> to my knowledge that has not happened yet um but Keyword, that's yet i mean <laughs> but that's really likely to happen yeah, yeah. um will. And I mean, even if you're not saying dues will be $5 million, you can make it sound like we're going to have these really hefty, intense dues. And so, you know, like, are you ready to take that yeah. on? And that, I mean, like, and, and there is some the potency to that threat. Like, because yeah. if you are only working 30, 35 hours a week, you make 15 bucks an hour. And I don't yeah. know any of the specifics with Micah specifically, mm -hmm. but it's like when I was in that position. Yeah. 40 bucks out of my paycheck is a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Right. Especially if you have any type of financial responsibility right. so that is like a very potent threat to be like are you sure you want to go through with this because that's like 80 bucks a month off if you're already yeah. saying you need more money why are you trying to spend you know what i mean i mean but that's like the whole thing is instead of making 15 bucks a month and being like fuck they could lay me off at any time and also i'm never going to get a raise i'm never yeah. going to get a promotion i have no idea how to do that um like the whole thing that got me involved in this in the first place was initially really selfish, which is that like three years ago, I, uh, all of my friends left, all of my friends that I worked with mm -hmm. mass exodus, which happens at Micah kind of a lot. <laughs> um, so this mass exodus, all of my friends left and I was trying to leave too. And my boss at the time was a really nice and supportive person was like, look, if you stick around, I'm going to see what I can do. How about like we get you a raise and a promotion? Yeah. Um, and that was a really kind thing that I believe she offered me in good faith. Um, she came back to me and said, and this was after I was like, okay, I won't look for positions anymore. She was like, well, they, which I never found out who they are. They told me that um, if they're going to do it, they need to do it at the end of the fiscal year, which is in June. I was told about this in August. Oh, so. God. I was like, okay, so a year? Mm -hmm. She was like, well, eight months, but yeah. Jesus so I was like, okay, Christ. all right, fuck it. Like, I, I'm already here. Looking for another job is hard. My job is very hard and very distracting. It's really hard to focus on other things. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, okay, fuck it. Next year, it's going to be fine. Next year was COVID. And basically everybody who was left in this position, they just sent us. So that was also multiple people. I knew multiple people who were in this position where um i mean i i do believe that my boss was gunning for me but all of us just got stonewalled that like well okay nobody has money so i know we promised you a promotion but like nah fuck it Ugh, um yeah. and then finally this past year 
my boss got another job and they had to restructure my department. And it was at that point that they finally gave me the raise and the promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't based on my merit. It did not happen at the end of the fiscal year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it was kind of just this random fucking thing. Um, and spending all of that time, which also like once I was told that I was going to get this raise and promotion, I started taking on more work because I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm, that's fine. I technically should fun- like in my mind, it seemed reasonable to like, well, if I'm going to be this person, I should function in this way. I should do these extra things mm-hmm. and all of that extra stuff. I, I didn't get a bump for, <laughs> yeah. um, and didn't get a bump for three years. So it's that kind of thing where like, yeah, you're, if you're thinking like, well, I don't fucking make good money right now that like, yeah, but also you're never going to unless um, if we could get like that stuff from the compensation study, if we can get everybody up to the level that they're supposed to be and also lock in that like, yeah, raises and promotions are now a thing. Mm -hmm. That's a real thing for you. If you want to be here and you want to stick it out and you want to like grow in your role. That also, like, you can be rewarded for that because mm-hmm. as you get better at your job, you are bringing more fucking value to the school. Yeah, exactly. And so you should be paid more for being... You would think that's how it would fucking work. That's, I mean, <laughs> so, like, thinking about all of that, like, yes, it is a daunting amount of money, but again, we're not in this to try to randomly get, like, I, there's nothing, I'm not going to get off on people randomly giving away $20 for nothing. Yeah, like, right. that's just not what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like it would never come to this, but if we came to the bargaining table and they were like, we're going to give you nothing and we're going to charge everybody $20, I would blow up the whole thing. I'd be like, fuck it. Then we won't have a union. Yeah. Right. If it's literally nothing for 20 bucks, then like, fuck it. I don't want to yeah, do that. Well, I guess we just wasted all of our time. So, uh, but it's not going to be that. No. It so, so that kind of like got into the, another question I wanted mm-hmm. to ask, which was like, what are you guys even trying to get out of this? Like, cause oh, man. Well, because unionizing yeah. consists of a lot of shit, mm-hmm. and and you can bargain for so much stuff, and there's stuff that you you know will leave the table having. There's just like mm-hmm. hard pass, like I will not accept anything less than this. And then there's kind of stuff you want and stuff you can kind of sneak in. So like, can you kind of elaborate, a, you know, as much as you can on like what you guys are actually trying to get out of unionizing? I'm gonna talk very vaguely uh, because all of this does get kind of polished out once we get to the bargaining phase which will happen after our vote mm-hmm. um and you can go ideal world if you want yeah i mean so the other thing about it is that we will um the the bargaining team also is going to seek feedback from the union so it's not going to just be this closed door mm-hmm. like thanks for voting for us now we're going to go and do more like secret shit yeah um but like and and also like the union has to vote it in. So we can't secretly make a contract and then just be like, well, this is the shit that we want. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so um, equitable pay for sure um, is a huge part of it. Getting everybody up to that like reasonable line of what you would be paid if you worked anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Making sure that we're locking in pathways for raises and promotions, locking okay. in pathways for grievances. So like I'm really lucky that the people who have been my bosses um, at least my direct bosses have been really kind, thoughtful, caring people, mm-hmm. but not everybody has that. No, not at all. Um, and so we need to have pathways for when that shit happens. I mean, we also generally need pathways for 
our HR department doesn't really function. Um, and so we also need pathways for general grievances. Mm -hmm. Um, like I've been sexually harassed at Micah. I've had things happen to me at Micah and I haven't reported them. And that's because I, I know it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, it's going to go in a fucking what's, what's file. Happen, yeah. Um, which so, is very unfortunate, but seems yeah, very common. It's super fucking common. Yeah. Um, we also have like some basic workplace safety stuff. Um, uh, one of our good friends who worked in facilities and was on the organizing committee and who quit Micah because he was being drastically overworked. And in that compensation study, found out that he was being terrifically underpaid and then was told um, when a new person is hired on, they're going to make the market rate, but we can't bring you up for two years. Ooh. Yeah. So nope. he had like very Bye. understandably he had to jet, but he let us know um, he was, he's been sent up on roofs with no safety rigging. He's been exposed to asbestos. Um, he didn't have his work boots replaced for multiple years. Um, so there's Jesus also some Christ. like very basic boots on the ground workplace mm -hmm. safety stuff. That absolutely needs to happen. Just some OSHA phone calls that need to be made. Yeah, that kind of thing for sure. Um, we need to have, um, oh, Lord have mercy. It was just in my brain. Um, things around hours, there's a lot of just push through. You're going to be, you can just add. I mean, the thing that's happening to me where like some of my time for this week will essentially be uncompensated. Mm -hmm. So we need to have, um, for those who are hourly, they do have, um they do get overtime pay but we also want to make sure that like that that's not being exploited but also for salaried people which is usually thought of as like well you got it made our no, time is no. very easily exploited no man um and so we also need to standardize things like offset time and then the final one which is a little bit more like The thing I was going to say is floofy doofy, which is the no, dumbest fucking no, way to I put think it. That, 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 um, the legal jargon has but, permeated into the union yeah. now. Where so, um, like, uh, a, I think it's been called a dignity and respect clause in other places. Okay. Um, but basically, we we need a seat at the table for when choices are made about um, about us and about our workplace um, because we are. We are the professionals. We know what our job needs and what it doesn't need. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so we've had things like the Micah school store got remodeled, but nobody asked the people that work at the school store what they need. And so now when they get large shipments of big rolls of things like fabric uh, or even metal, like big heavy shit, mm -hmm. they have to carry it through a back door and up two flights of stairs, like in a staircase, as opposed to just being able to like load in from like a standard loading dock or bay mm -hmm. um because nobody asked them they just did the thing that seemed easy and looked pretty yeah. um mm -hmm. and so those people should have at least somebody should have at least sent an email over like hey is this gonna fuck y'all up um or hey what do you need for this space to be basically functional um so the dignity and respect kind of thing while it sounds a little bit like out there is just basically that like you have to understand us as human beings. You have to ask us for, <laughs> you have to ask us before you make changes about our jobs. Um, we should be consulted about those things. Uh, I want to put a huge asterisk next to this. Bargaining is like a process where 
we can't guarantee all the stuff. We will get stuff 100% for sure. We are getting stuff for people. I'm not going to put hard numbers on things or exact specifics because some of that, it might be that well, like- Because you have to bargain for it. Right. Like, not, you're not demanding it. I mean, I am demanding it, but um, <laughs> we will have to- we will have to bargain for it. So that's the kind of stuff that we are looking at um, in general. Yeah. Um, but of course, like like pay and a safe and equitable workplace are the two. Those are like the big, like the, non-negotiable like, thing. Yeah, like, like we got to yeah. get that all fucking figured out. Yeah, which seems to be kind of like the big important, you know what I mean? That kind of seems yeah. like baseline for any unionizing effort. It's like, we need more fucking money. We need some fucking security and protection. Yes. And in all sense of the words, right? Exactly. The last question that I have, which is going to be very quick. Um, mm-hmm. Is there pushback from other staff members who are like vocally anti-union, who are really trying to, and I'm not talking mm-hmm. like weird, like undercover union bust. You know what I mean? Just like mm-hmm. people who are like, I don't know, like, fuck this. Like I have no interest in this. Like, you it's- know what I mean? So it's interesting. I had kind of, and we had been trained and prepared for like people who are like, no, fuck this. I hate this. It's so stupid. Um, in one-on-one conversations, um, that we have encountered people who are anti-union. Yeah. Um, their reasons are usually a little bit more, I would say, unclear or open. And mm-hmm. so- um, like I've talked to people who have said things like, I don't want to do anything that might go against the administration. Um, what? or, um, people who have said, well, I don't, um, oh, I'm trying to think how else it would be phrased. A lot of sort of just like, I don't like, I like my job. So what do I, I'm not going to stick your neck out type of stuff. I mean, a lot of it is like, well, my job is fine. So why would I do this? And then when you're like, well, your job is fine right now, but we could lock it in. And also you could also just do this to help people whose jobs aren't fine. Mm -hmm. But like you might be doing good, but my friend who hasn't had his work boots replaced in three years, like he needs your help. So even again, and again, you will get a benefit. If you are doing good, you still probably need pathways to raises and promotions. You still could probably use a little bit more cash. You still could use your shit being locked in. So it can't be magically ripped away from you. Um, but the people who we've met who are anti-union are usually kind of seeing it in this tunnel vision way of like, I'm just thinking about what I will get and what I want. Mm -hmm. And this seems like, well, am I taking a risk and I'm not going to personally get a big magical present for it? Which like, yeah, some of you won't get a gigantic magical present because you just said you didn't need it. You will still actually get huge amounts of benefits. Um, but that's really like sort of the anti-union sentiment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I know we recently heard of some people kind of spreading vague rumors about like, oh, if you're a part-time person, you're going to be, um, I think I heard that like, you're going to get the short end of the stick, which is super vague and means nothing. Yeah, that doesn't um, mean anything. So we do know that... Um, like people will see those divisions of like, well, we're part-time and a lot of these people are full-time. So like, what if they screw us over in some way, which like, I don't know how we would do that, but we're certainly not going to do that. Yeah. Um, and also people being starting to get freaked about dues and then kind of doing the spiral thing that you were talking about, about like, well, what if I'm paying a bunch of money and I don't get anything and then I just have to pay a bunch of money and then I'm stuck. And like, again, like we're not, 
Mm-hmm. I'm not going to make you pay 20 bucks for nothing. We're not going to make you pay 20 bucks for nothing. So that's really the pushback has really not been fuck you. I hate you. I hate unions. Mm-hmm. I hate this whole thing so much as it's just been like, well, I'm doing okay. And I kind of like it here. <laughs> so fuck you. Seems I like guess. a lot of work. I don't know. Like that yeah. Guy. Like it's just not. Um, and there are people who are, um, even people who are supportive who are scared. Um, it's scary. I mean, retaliation's real. Like it's you know the big thing that I will say about that is they you cannot be fired. The terms of your job, so you cannot have your hours reduced. You can't have any kind of retaliation. And I know people have said like, okay, but what if they fire me and they say that it's for things like Mm because they did it during the fucking pandemic like what if they say that they're laying me off for money reasons but it's actually because of the union and to that i would say they've always had that power they we watched them do it during the pandemic they've always had the power to fire you for no fucking reason and the only way that we can stop them from doing that is by having a union and then the other thing is so Yes, there is. Although I'm going to say, like, if they're going to try to fire anybody, it's not going to be the one signing a card is completely um, confidential. Um, So one random card signer, they're not going to go out of their way to find and fire you. Um, The people that they might try to fire are people on the organizing committee. However, your best defense against that is being a super fucking vocal union supporter. Yes, join the fucking union. Yeah. So, like, (laughs) if they try to fire me. I am not scared because I know I'm fucking great at my job and I know that I'm obviously a vocal supporter. There are pictures of me (laughs) with union (laughs) buttons. There are pictures of me at rallies. I have stats on all of the shit that I have done and done well. Mm -hmm. And so the case could easily be made that like the only thing that she's done that could be objectionable is being in this union. So if you are a union supporter and you are scared being on the fence again, they are unlikely to come for you because that would be a lot of work for somebody that is um, not necessarily like pushing the agenda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also, if, if you want that extra cushion of protection, then like put on a fucking button. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like be really loud about it because then you make the case for yourself that like if you try to fire me, we actually we have a hotline number. That if you believe that you are being um, intimidated or discriminated against because of your union supporter involvement, there's a hotline you can fucking call for a messy IU um, and they'll get people on it for you. Mm. Um, so, again, if, if you are scared about that, is it technically a thing that could happen in the world? Yes, but there are defenses against that. And being a really vocal union supporter is one of the best ones. Fuck yeah. Well, <laughs> It's time to, to get um, so plugs, plug mm. any and everything you can think of, and then whatever oh, you shit. send me, I'm going to put in the show notes anyway. So, like, what can people do to help the union? Okay, so uh, right now there's uh, Micah Staff Union going on um, and uh, liking, sharing that content. That's extremely helpful. It's the Instagram page, right? Yes. Okay. Um, thank you for clarifying that. Um, I would say also. I know this is a slim chance, but if you fucking work at Mike, <laughs> come fucking talk to me. My name is Madison Cohen. I want you to find me. I work in undergraduate admissions. Look me up in the directory. Talk to me about this. If you're not sure if you're in the bargaining unit, 
come and let me know. Um, if you are a random person, uh, we do have a community support petition that um, we've kind of moved on from a little bit, but that uh, we are likely to bring back. But also being vocal, putting the pressure on Micah. Again, they are trying to sell themselves as a progressive institution. So if you were a person who tweets or does any of those things going on and saying like, hey, I support the MICA faculty and staff unions. I believe that they should have equitable play <laughs> and a safe and fair work environment um, or pointing out that they're working with Morgan Lewis and how uh, incongruent that is. Um, those things can be really helpful. We also have uh, I don't have dates for it yet, but we're likely to have rallies. Staying in touch through the Instagram is one of the best ways. That's the main the main hub for everything with i would say yes um but point people to me um and i'm trying to think of what if you're else. a student what can you do if you are a student you should also be extremely fucking loud about this i don't want your tuition money to go to this stupid fucking law firm and i bet you don't either and talking about how you don't want to pay for something this dumb is a genuine threat to them. I feel because like, they need your money. I feel like the students should like tell their rich ass parents. There has to be kids of like big. I'm gonna go on a little, mm-hmm. but like there has to be kids of like big from the people I know who went mm-hmm. to Micah. Lawyers, kids, fucking politicians, kids. Like, yeah, like kids from out of state. Like there are so many, so much money comes in. It's not fucking cheap. So like you know, not to play up to a stereotype, but like. Our school kids have rich fucking parents. I feel like it wouldn't be hard to be like, yeah, dad, your fucking tuition's going to go up because they're hiring the fucking Trump dude. And you're going to have some fucking, you know, some like progressive parent who's like going to make that like their mission, I would imagine, like to fight that because like certainly sharing it out is a big and also like we have plenty of awesome students who don't have money and who are there on scholarship. Oh, for, and sh- so, like, for sure. Also, like, I'm sorry to y'all because you are a if we fuck, gave you man. if we gave you a full ride probably like being like fuck you and transferring out is not necessarily going to be financially viable for you yeah but micah honestly they're not going to go through everybody's tweets and say like well this student has a scholarship and this student has like just a wall of people being like what the fuck y'all <laughs> i wanted to go to school somewhere where like i mean it's also if you are a student to clarify too, even if you're like, I don't understand why this would be important, by not paying faculty and staff equitably, by not treating us equitably, they are robbing you of the quality of education that you deserve, especially for the amount of money that you're paying. Because it's a private institution. You're not going to MICA because it's around the corner and it's accessible and affordable. Like you're going there to go to MICA to get a degree from MICA. Yeah. Because it means something. I mean, it's also like, this is sort of a tacky comparison, but you know, uh, there's that saying that like, in a really fancy restaurant, you're not paying for the food, you're paying for the service. Yeah. That like at Micah, the, the thing that you are paying for is is the service, is the <laughs> education. Yep. It's and the facilities. It's when, everything. And so when the people that keep up the facilities are overworked and underpaid, when the people who run every single facet of it are overworked and underpaid, when your teachers are overworked and underpaid, we love you, but we're not doing the best job that we possibly could. Because we're fucking exhausted yeah. and frequently stressed out and scared. And if somebody, if you're just trying to get information from the librarian 
or use the elevator. <laughs> um, the elevator's like, gotten a lot of airtime. I've, like, I've seen it recently because also I'm like- I'm so scared about the elevator shafts I mean, at Micah so now. The people who work in facilities are doing their fucking best. They are crushing it. There's nothing wrong with them, but there aren't enough people to cover it. So like- it's a huge accessibility issue. Oh, if you can't use the stairs, Jokes you need aside, the it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's if you can't use the stairs, um, then you need the elevator. And if there aren't enough people who can come and fix the elevator, and those people are being overworked and underpaid, very I, dangerous. I mean, also, like, I know that they are doing good work. I don't want to say that, like, oh, they're gonna fuck up the elevator, but just like. <laughs> If if there should be four people that can come and fix it and there's mm-hmm. just one person, it's going to take longer. Like mm-hmm. that's when mistakes happen. That's just that's just a fact. Yeah. Um and so when you what you should be you should just be paying for the fucking education. You should just be paying for the people that allow you to have this experience to exist and give you a good experience. And if instead your money is being rerouted to these weird things that work against your interests, that don't pay your teachers, that don't pay the people who make your shit run, um, then like you're you're being robbed. <laughs> like, Honestly, you are. You're being yeah. taken advantage of. Like that's a if somebody came up to you and said, um, I don't know, like, do you want this fucking sandwich? And you're like, yeah, sure. And they're like, okay, cool, just a second. And then they go back and they're making it with like a damp sponge or whatever. You're going to be like, yeah. hey, I, I paid for a sandwich. What the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, get loud about it generally. Um. I'm trying to think of what else. Personal plugs are probably not applicable here. I don't give a shit. You can personal plug. I don't <laughs> fucking care. <laughs> um, well, I... I have a band called Muscle, and if you want to come out and see us, I'm also in this band called Muscle, and I have multiple songs about unionizing. There you go. So <laughs> you can also come do that. Um, it's fully, it's only tangentially related to the union in that I am in it and I'm extremely angry. Um, I forget if we've played Muscle on here before. I don't know. I don't know. I know. I think Quentin sent me something at some point, but I don't fucking remember. It's fine. We haven't recorded our union stuff, but when we do, yeah. I'll send it to send you. Send it over. Yeah. Pretty fucking tight. Anything else you want to plug? Not that I can think of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for coming over. Thanks Hope everything for goes me. well, and we'll catch up later about yeah. it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Thank okay. you. Bye. <laughs>